Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I am super psyched because today my guest is a Broadway actor who is currently delighting Broadway as Charlie Price in the 2013 Tony Award-winning musical, Kinky Boots. Andy Kelsa, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, so great to have you with here. And congrats, a thousand shows. Wow. That's an accomplishment for any show. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of shows. Um, yeah, a well, lot I'm, of shows. Uh huh. No, we're 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 very proud of that number for sure. And you know, I know you started out playing Harry, and now you're playing Charlie. Were you? Was there any point in time that you left the cast, or was it? Um, have you been in a thousand shows, pretty much? <laughs> yeah, I've been in uh, roughly a thousand shows. I've been there the whole time. Um, when I when I took over, there wasn't any um, any change. I think actually started on a Monday playing Charlie, and my last show as Harry was Sunday. So oh, it wow. Was immediate. Yeah. So besides, like, you know, a couple, you know, personal days and vacations and, you know, maybe a sick day here or there, I've been in all of them. <laughs> so is that... So was that like just transitioning in one day to the new role? Was was it a, was that first show a little challenging? I would think like you you know you'd be look you'd be kind of just a little I, I just think it'd be a little hard with one day uh, in between to really like, yeah, get yourself well, in the new character. Yeah, the um, the role that I was playing before Harry understudies Charlie, so um, I had been on before, um, and so at first it it wasn't even um, it was just as challenging as going on as an understudy kind of, it was, um, it was kind of weird. It took me a little while to kind of be like, Oh wait, this is my, this is my role for, for good. They're not going to take away from me in a, in a week. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, so, uh, so that was the, that was the thing. I mean, it was really challenging. I, you know, getting ready to take over and play the um, role eight times a week was something that I knew I needed to prepare four um and i you know kind of treated myself like an olympic athlete in a way just kind of made sure i got a lot of sleep and ate the right things and got a lot of you know exercise but not too much to um deplete my energy for the evening show and you know it was just kind of i was really kind of a monk for a while just to make sure that i was treating myself um, the best i could to get through eight shows a week um week after week so um so that was probably the, the biggest challenge of taking over for sure. Yeah, well, how do you, you know, I've always wondered this because it's like the shows end so late and I'm sure you need some time to decompress. Like, what time do you even get to bed usually? Uh, my my typical bedtime is like around 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I usually sleep from about 2 to 8, 2 to, two to 10. Um, I try to make sure that I get at least eight hours of sleep. Um, I just kind of need that for, you know. I, well, I, that's what they tell you to do anyway. So I try to do that anyway, but then also vocally, I just kind of sleep is such a great way to repair, um, you know, your your exhausted muscles and your voice is definitely muscle. So, so that's what I do. I, 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 you're right. I can't get, I can't come home and just go straight to sleep. I have to decompress a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, I think so. And um, 
Did, were you naturally a night owl? Was this how you always were? I mean, I am. Like, I can be up to two and yeah. no problem. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, I definitely am. And um, and honestly, I try to make sure I go to bed by two because um, it just gets me in the right habit. Because on like a two show day, um, like tomorrow we've got a we've got a matinee, um, and uh, for on a two show day, you just need to. I need to wake up at around ten to just like get into a routine so I can still warm up and get physically and ready and mentally ready for to do two shows for that day. So if I start pushing my bedtime too much later, then I'll have to start waking up later and that will screw everything up. <laughs> <laughs> so what did the cast, did the cast do anything to celebrate um, their 1,000th show? Did you guys celebrate? Um, uh, yeah, a, a little bit. We, it was kind of a, a small um, celebration. We had a um, – it was on a two-show day. I think it was a Wednesday. And between shows, um, Jude Jamson um, got us a uh, – who owns the theater, you know, got us the um, – like a like a spread of food, you know, in between, shoot, in between shows. So we all had, like, lunch dinner together, I guess. And, uh, and then after the show, they had um, – we had a bunch of like, you know, the mini Melissa's cupcakes. They had on stage for us. Ooh, I love those. Had, yeah, they were they were awesome. And then a bunch of champagne, and we just called, kind of hung out and sipped champagne and ate cupcakes. <laughs> nice. Was was Daryl there? She's actually she's been on the show before. Um, oh yeah, Daryl yeah, Daryl was there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, nice. She said actually that she said actually it it had been a while since she'd actually sat in the audience and watched because a lot of times she'll like stand in the back or stand in the wings and watch the show, but it was like the first time in a while she'd actually sat in the audience and watched. So, um, so yeah, she was there. She's great. I love her to death. I was wondering, what's your favorite part of playing Charlie? Oh, man. Um, well, I, I think in general, the, the thing that I love about the role is that um, I get to play a lot of different types of things. Um, it's kind of a dream role in that way. Like I get to sing some great songs that I that I absolutely love, um, and that I think are like great for you know what I kind of do as a as a singer. And I also get to um, play some really amazing scenes, you know, and and get to be the I get to be the good guy and the bad guy and the funny guy and you know kind of the jerk a little bit. So it's uh, it's a really well-rounded um, role for an actor. It's kind of fun to just go and flex a bunch of different muscles. Um, so I think in general, that's kind of my my favorite part about the role, for sure. Do you have a, do you have a favorite? Yeah, and I love that about the show, that it's, like, so upbeat and it's funny, but yet it has some really touching moments. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's what, for me, I think why, partly why maybe it's had such staying power, because that's a hard mixture to really... You know, it's might be easy to be fun. You know, easier to just be funny, but to have all of that in one is just yeah, it's special. Yeah, those are the kind of the shows that I actually love. Um, anything that's like kind of serial comic, you know, that has a lot of heart or a lot of um, a strong message, but is also you know really can be really funny and entertaining at the same time. Oh, you just taught me a new word, serial comic. I'm going to use that one. Serial, serial comic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh huh. Now, now, what's your? Do you have a favorite song to sing in the show? Oh man. Um, yeah. I, well, it kind of changes, I, I suppose. But um, I would say, like, one of the things that I'm that that's the most fun is, is "Soul of a Man." 
Um, it's just kind of like, you know, it's such a great song and, um, you know, like I said, it's like right in the, in, in kind of pocket of like what I like to sing. So that's really fun. Um, although it's, it's also, it can also be not fun because it's like the most challenging thing I do. <laughs> so, um, sometimes, you know, if I'm not feeling, you know, uh, you know, if I'm getting over cold or something like that, it can be, it can be the part of the show that I just need to get through. Uh, so it, it kind of goes back and forth. Sometimes it's like the best part. I love it. And sometimes it's the part where I'm just like, oh, let's just, let's just get through this and, you know, make sure everything comes out right. <laughs> <laughs> you hit all your notes. Yeah. No, that is a great yeah. song. I also really love um, Not My Father's Son. Cause yeah. I just think it's so relatable. And I was curious for you. I mean, I, I mean, I know it can relate my own life to, you know, maybe not, you know, disappointing my parents in one way or another because I need to follow my own path. And I was wondering you know, if you, if you relate at all to that or, um, any of your experiences? Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I love that song too. I remember when we first, cause I've been a part of, I've been a part of the show since like the reading of the workshops. So when we first heard that song, we were just, I mean, there wasn't a dry on the, in the rehearsal studio for weeks every time mm-hmm. we went through that song. Um, so it's such an amazing, touching song. Um, there's nothing that's like directly, um, I can relate to as far as that um, with my parents. My parents were always um, have always been very supportive and very, uh, you know, um, never really made me feel like uh, I wasn't living up to some of their expectations or or anything like that. Um, but I think there's a part of us um, about a, of everyone that you can just relate to that feeling of um, of maybe not quite being. Um, exactly what they that they maybe expected of you or um uh or just kind of that that feeling of of you know the show's kind of about accepting yourself or who you are you know false and all and just kind of that release of like accepting that side of you i think that's something that i can relate to and that um that's kind of my into the song and that scene and also it's a scene, a lot of it, where I can just sit on stage and let the Lola, you know, Billy mm-hmm. Porter, take take me on the journey. And it's I don't really have to do much to relate to it. It's just kind of one of those things where I listen to his story and it just kind of takes me straight in. So. Has it been interesting, um, you know, cause since you've been with the show since the beginning, seeing the progression just in you know, with respect to social issues of how, I mean, you know, we have now like the Bruce Jenner coming out as, you know, transsexual and like so much more acceptance and cross-dressing and all that since like, I would think even since when Kinky Boots started, it must be interesting to see like maybe what fans say to you now as opposed to when it first started or, or say to, you know, your co-star. Um, Kelly, yeah, wondering yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's been really, um, really cool to be a part of the show during this time. And it's something that I, it kind of surprised me, honestly. Um, I mean, I already, I always knew that we were uh, a very relevant show, um, you know, and that this was an important issue and, and stuff, but it didn't seem as, um, it almost seemed like in the past year, it's even become like even a more, uh, a fresher like um, show in that sense because of the, the Bruce Jenner, Caitlin thing. Um, it's, really brought that 
um, into the spotlight and had people talk about it a lot. I mean, I know that personally, even um, just watching that whole situation unfold in the media and stuff, you know, it kind of makes me understand the transgender community a little bit more just because people are talking about it more. And, um, you know, it was always something that I just always accepted. You know, I always accept, you know, people for for who they are and what they want to be. And, um, you know, I never, you know, felt like I was ever passing judgment on um, on on anyone. But um, throughout this whole process, I feel like I've um, gone a step further and started to understand it even further than I did. Um, so it's just a really cool thing because I think that the, the Kinky Boots is still so relevant in that way because... Um, it does allow people who aren't completely, um, who don't understand this issue to kind of look at it a different way and go, oh, huh, I never thought about it this way, or um, I can see myself as Dawn, the, you know, kind of um, antagonist for a while on the show, and see how his mind changes and, um, you know, just the whole theme of accepting people for who they are. Yeah. Yeah, and I love mm-hmm. that theme. There's no better theme, yeah. I think, you know, acceptance yeah. of yourself, acceptance of others. Like, I just, I love that theme. It's the struggle mm-hmm. that everyone goes through in life. Um, it's universal. Now, now this show has been good to you in more ways than one. I think you know where I'm going with yeah. this. <laughs> you met your wife, <laughs> Sheila Coyle, while doing the show. So well, how early on? Go go ahead. I was going to ask, how early on did you know that she was the one? Well, um, it's, that's not completely true that I didn't meet her while doing the show. Um, I, uh, we had no, we met each, we met each other, uh, years ago, probably, um, we were, and we were good friends for about three, four years before we started dating. And then, um, she's, we've been together since, since Kinky Boots has been in my life, but, um, I proposed to her on our, on the Kinky Boots stage, um, because, uh, I was playing, that was actually my first week on as Charlie, um, as an understudy. So um, my parents were in town, my whole family was in town, and her whole family was in town. And so I cooked up this idea to um, propose to her on stage. And that's kind of where that whole thing um, came from. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, I kind of knew that um, she was the one. It, it's kind of weird looking back on it. It, was, it seems like it, I've always kind of known, but... It was after um, I got off the tour. I was on tour with Wicked for a while. And um, and that was a huge test, I think, for us and our relationship because as performers, you're often, you know, um, you know, someone's away for a few months doing a show in some town or, you know, someone's on tour or yeah, shooting a film or something like that. Yeah, so uh, when we got back um, and everything was um, good and, and stronger than it was before. It was just kind of one of those things that, like, oh no, this is this is definitely the person for me, and um, and I know that we have the 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 fight in us to conquer um, whatever lies ahead. Yeah, your proposal. I, I actually watched your proposal today because, as I'm sure you know, it's uh, online, and um, yeah, it's just adorable. It's totally adorable, <laughs> and I love how the ring comes out in that spot where the shoes usually are um yeah it was really sweet you got to use what you got i was like she was um she was definitely someone who would watch um the proposal videos that people post online and i that was around the time that i was 
thinking about proposing, I was like, uh-oh, i got to think of something big. <laughs> and uh, so I, like, you know, got together with all the cast and the crew, and, you know, we kind of just we we kind of planned this whole thing. It was it was awesome, and everyone in the building was just so on board. So yeah, it, would look, it was it looked fantastic. Everyone should go online and, and Google. You can you can watch his wedding proposal. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, really, it, it's good. It's a lot for other guys to live up to. It was a really good proposal. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of guys have come up to me and said the same thing. Oh no, like, really? <laughs> now, where did you get married? <laughs> Uh, we got married um, in Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania, um, outside of Philadelphia. Um, Sheila, my wife, is from the Philadelphia area, and um, and my family's from Denver. So, and she's got a huge family, so we just thought that it'd be a great place for us to get married. And actually, we're coming up on our one-year anniversary, October 11th. So. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Where Where did you grow up? Where are you? I grew up in Denver, um, in Aurora, Colorado, technically. So, um, so yeah, I, I lived there until I was about, until I graduated from college and um, hung out for about a year after college and then made the move to New York. So after you got married, were you able to take a honeymoon or was it like right back to work? Because I know for some, some of my guests, it was like literally the next day, you know, you just didn't have the time off. Yeah, um, I was kind of lucky because uh, I, I, they were they were very um willing to let me have um two weeks um back to back for the wedding and honeymoon um which doesn't always happen but um uh you know i think uh actors typically we get um one week off per six months and they a lot of times like you to take those separately it depends on the company um so that's so i just kind of saved up my vacation for the whole year and took them all same time. So we we did. We went, we ended up going to Disney World. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. fun! Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So, so being yeah, in the business you're in, um, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit before. What do you think it takes to make a marriage work? Um, I think um, making sure that uh, that your priorities are straight with with regards to that. I think that. Um, you know, we're we're both very, you know, kind of career-driven people, um, and especially in this business, um, you just have to always, you know, be, it, it kind of can consume your life to think, what's next, what's next, what's my next career move, and I have to be ready for when that happens, and that has to take precedent over everything, and, um, and you know, so there has to be a balance of, of the realities of that because you do have to be kind of ready for the next thing whenever it happens, but also be able to say, um, you know, make time for, for your marriage and for, you know, for my wife, I have to make sure that I don't, you know, that even if I'm blessed to have, you know, job after job after job back to back, that there's some time and, um, and a lot of priority on, you know, if, if we're on tour, then it's calling every night, making sure that we talk um, and making sure that we make each other still feel special and, like, um, that they're the most important thing in each other's lives. Because um, I think that it's easy to kind of feel, um, to get caught up in the business and the work um, and the social aspect of it, too. I mean, if I went out every night and hung out with people um, after the show, I'd, you know, I don't think I'd 
ever seen my wife much. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. you know, you just have to make sure that, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to go to that party because it's date night or, you know, I want to mm-hmm. go and spend some time with my wife because I haven't seen her all day, you know, that sort of thing. It's, those tiny things I've found have become really important. In some ways, is it easier, on the flip side, is it easier because, you know, she's in the industry so she kind of gets it, you know, in a way that someone else, if you were dating someone outside the industry, doesn't, you know, gets the hours, yeah. gets the passion, gets all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I, I, I've i actually um, rarely dated people who aren't in the industry, and um, but I, I can imagine, like, if, if I dated someone who had, like, a nine-to-five job Monday through Friday, I mean, that leaves um, maybe Sunday night and maybe Monday night to where we can actually see each other. Um, <laughs> and then the rest of the week, you're just kind of like, you know, shift passing the night. And so, yeah, I can imagine that would be, that's a, that would be, it's a huge um, bonus. I mean, I think every performer is like, oh, gosh, just let me date someone who's not in the industry just for stability's sake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, but, you know, definitely on the flip side is, that she gets what I do and, you know, when we are both working, we are on the same schedule and that's very helpful, so. Now, I understand you're a supporter of the Alzheimer's Association um, and that you have a personal mm-hmm. connection to it. Well, what's your personal connection? My personal connection is my uh, my grandmother on my dad's side passed away um, and had Alzheimer's. Um, so that's that's my direct connection. Mm-hmm. And I guess they have a, a gala every year that you attend, or um, well, like, how we someone just started, wants to get active. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just started um, uh, going to this gala. You know, hopefully it'll be an annual thing that um, we'll end up going. But my wife and I went this past. Oh gosh, when was it? Was it? I don't know exactly June or July. But yeah, they have an annual gala in New York. The New York branch does. Um, so. Uh, it was a really fun night. It raised a lot of money for the disease. It's such an uh, it's such a disease that um, so many people will be affected by, even if um, you don't, and you know, even if you're not the person who has Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's affects um, you know the caregivers and and everyone around them. So it's sort of a it, it's and there's not a whole lot of um, treatments or um, there's there's no cure. Um, so it's a it's a disease that I think is definitely um, I, I wish I knew all the numbers right offhand, but um, it's definitely going to affect um, more people um, as time goes on, and it needs a lot of funding for to just get a kind of in to help nudge the um, meter towards a cure or even treatment. There's very few very little treatment for it either. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that is it's a really mm-hmm. tough disease and I'm happy to, you know, to talk about it now and help promote it and um I guess people can yeah. look online and if they're in New York they could attend the annual gala or make a donation or um you know, whatever they're comfortable yeah, the, with. The the website is ALZ dot org. ALZ dot org. Excellent. And uh and you can go in there and, you know, there'll be links to donate or to see how you can get involved. Um, one of the another cool thing, um, a buddy of mine, Dave Roth, has been doing this um, iPod Broadway, the Broadway iPod Drive, and it's for um, one of the things they found is that um, if you give Alzheimer's people suffering from Alzheimer's music from their past, 
um, it can really bring them to life. And they, um, there's something about music that just makes them come come alive. And so he goes Aww. around once a year and collects um, old people's old iPods. You know, I'm sure we all have one of them. <laughs> and, oh, I have um, a couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you just donate it to the to the cause, and they, um, you know, take them to. Um, people with Alzheimer's load up their, their music on it and it can be a really great, um, you know, escape, I guess, from the disease. Uh, uh, That's great. Where, do you know what the website yeah. is for that one? I would, I'll donate today. <laughs> um, well, I know that we, when we do it, we drop it off at the Alzheimer's, um, office in New York. Um, okay. but, um, I think there, I think if you go on, um, on Facebook, they have just like the Broadway Alzheimer's iPod Drive. Um, if you can just if you just look that up, um, it should be all there. Um, I know that they have a page. Uh, I'm just trying to look Will it up do. right now as I'm doing this. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, the Broadway Alzheimer's iPod Drive. Um, they've got a, okay. a Facebook page, and you can find out all the information there. Perfect. I love that idea. Um, mm-hmm. How would your friends describe you? <laughs> um. Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, Be honest. Come I, on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they describe me as a um, as a pretty down to earth guy um, who's you know um, who can be kind of goofy and <laughs> and a little uh, I guess weird and fun, playful kind of way, I guess. I don't know. That'd be, I'm going to ask everyone tonight at the show. Okay, you, you let me know, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> a question I ask all my guests. One thing you would like to tell your 15-year-old self? Um, one thing I would like to tell my 15-year-old self. Uh, I would say... Um, Really, don't be afraid to follow your passion. Um, I think that I, I, you know, I didn't know that this is what I really wanted to do until my sophomore year of college. I actually just kind of um, blindly walked into college in a in in a way. I knew I wanted to go to college and get a degree, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, I initially went to a college thinking that I was going to try and get a an acoustic engineering or a sound engineering degree, only to find out that they didn't even have that <laughs> degree at the college <laughs> that I went to. And it wasn't until about a year into that semester that I was just like, you know, there's something's missing, and it's and it's theater, it's acting. Um, uh, and so that's when I decided to change change course. And I think that a lot of what I did in in high school was just kind of I was lucky enough to be a part of a great crowd of of people, but um, I don't think I really trusted myself and um, my own passions. I just kind of went with the, um, which was, which it was, it was a great community. I would never actually want to change that, but um, maybe just have some more confidence in my own, um, my own sense of direction and my own, my own passions to, to be able to take full advantage of, you know, the opportunity that I had back then. What a great message. Love it. Uh it is almost time to go, but before we do, okay. I have a little game I play called Speed Through. So I'm going to rapid fire questions at you for 60 seconds, and we'll get through oh, as many no. as we can. 
Okay. Oh, you're going to be okay. good at it. Don't worry. All right, okay, ready? Geez. All right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Morning person or night owl? Night owl. What did you have for breakfast today? Um, eggs and egg sandwich. Biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? Um, clutter. Three things you can't live without? A guitar, um, uh, my wife, and um, and great music. If you had a beta fish, what would you name him? Um, Harvey, Harvey Manfred from Jensen Jensen. And who's that? What's that? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't make that out. <laughs> I don't know. That was the first. Uh, it's in Southfish. Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein makes up his name. Okay. He goes. My name. My name is Harvey. Harvey Manson Sinjin Sinjin Sin. Love it. New York City or L.A. New York City. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Fallon. If you're going to dinner at Billy Porter's house, what would you bring? Bottle of scotch. One word that sums up your experience in Kinky Boots. Sparkly. One way you live life to the fullest every day. One way that I do? Mm-hmm. Um, I live my dream every day. I get to perform every day. Oh, 60 seconds. Yeah. See, you did great. Is that it? Thank Are we you. done? That's it. That's 60 seconds. Oh, that's, awesome. um, that's great. Andy, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Go see Andy Kelso in Kinky Boots. It's currently playing on Broadway at the Al Hirschfeld Theater. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We will see you all next week. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at the Erica Finn Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.